Hi, welcome to the Maximum Effort podcast. We're doing part two of Badass Moms today. Yes, my name is Stephanie. Did I not say my name? (laughs) (laughs) I'm out of it today. And I'm Laura. That is okay. I am out of it too. I am with you on that. I, yeah, I I need coffee. (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably be getting some later today. I like to get um, a shake and espresso from Starbucks. Multiple shots of espresso just straight to the veins. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have a Starbucks near me. Uh, It'd be quite a drive, and it's in a grocery store. So I just make my own. I think I have, like, I can't even tell you how many Starbucks in the area. There's one, like, a mile down the road. But then there's, like, between five and ten others that I could just go to within a ten-minute period. I wonder what it's like to just have things near you at any time. We have multiple sushi places, Chinese restaurants. We have grocery store sushi, and then there's one Japanese steakhouse restaurant that does sushi. There's also a Chinese place, but it's not good. I've gotten it before, and it kind of tastes like it's been sitting there for a while. Oof, yeah. It, It doesn't taste right. But the Japanese steakhouse place... Is definitely good. See, I never went and had sushi when I was in Japan, which seems like it's like a cardinal sin. Oh yeah. Because they have they have these restaurants there where there's like little trains and you can order what you want and this train will like go around oh, yeah. the restaurant. I've seen videos and of you that. can grab your things off of it. My friends would go to them all the time and I'm like, Ew sushi. So I never went. And I'm so, so mad at myself. Because I like, like the veggie sushi. Like I, I, I'm not an avocado person, but I like the cucumber ones. Like those are great. That's what I get. I like I'm the like, uh, Americanized, you know, California roll. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't like raw fish. I've tried tuna rolls before, and I just I couldn't. But it was also yeah. at the place with the gross sushi, so it might have just been True. them. It might right. <laughs> might have been a them thing especially if it's not like super fresh and done properly yeah they do noodles very well i love their drunken noodles and their lo mein and all that stuff but not not sushi they can't do that <laughs> well one thing i will say though japan cannot do chinese food i this was like one of the first things that i got when i was there like i had a friend and i was like for some reason, I know this is crazy, but I want Chinese food. Like, I can't explain it. And so she took us to a Chinese restaurant right off base. And I was like, this is bad. And it's like the only restaurant that I did not like that I went to in Japan. And I was like, hmm, maybe we just need to not combine the two. Like, Yeah. Yeah, that probably makes sense, I guess. Though I did have German in Italy when I was there. So you never know. Hmm. <laughs> But that was mostly like a giant meat platter and some beer. So <laughs> sounds like my kind of time. Yep. But we ate a lot of pizza and a lot of pasta when I was there. Oh, there we go. Way back in the day of what was that? Two thousand four was when I went. People don't want me in Italy because I will eat the entire stock of pasta. Like, oh, do the gelato though. 
Oh god. That was so good. It's it's like a thing like I'm not big into sweets. I'm not big into like I'm very picky with foods, but you throw pasta in front of me and it's gone. Like that's my weakness is just carbs upon carbs. There was this chicken bacon ranch pasta I used to make all the time. You might like that because you cook it in the crock pot and then you add the noodles later. See, I wish I was like so big into bacon. I'm just not. Uh, well, I can't yeah, we've talked it. about that. You had an experience yeah. with bacon. That's well, I mean, I, I recently I recently went out on a date and where they had it, they have these sandwiches that are um, like chicken bacon ranch yeah if i remember yeah but it's like an old school diner type uh, now okay that sandwich was phenomenal okay can we back and i will say like <laughs> what do you mean you had a date no i think we're gonna continue <laughs> no no <laughs> no no <laughs> you're not just gonna skip going. over that part no, like it no no i matter. think we're gonna continue <laughs> <laughs> i think we're gonna forget what 77 no, no. You, you said the word date. I picked up on that. You hit it in the bacon, but... Yeah, I tried to, like, quickly go over that <laughs> in the hope that that was forgotten or missed. Why do you not tell me these things? I'm supposed to be your backup. <laughs> so if it goes bad, you can send me a 911. I I knew it wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna need a 911, so that was good. <laughs> um... But yes, I had a great time. <laughs> Good. I had it, you know, and honestly, I think back to like the way things were when, when I was younger and I like quote unquote dating and I don't remember guys like actually asking you out on dates. Like it was like, just be my girlfriend. Yeah. And so it was different <laughs> for me, which is weird. Like, to say, like, at 33, you're going on your first, like, real date when you've been married and you have a kid. And it's like, what? What do you mean? But, yeah, it's different. Good. Yeah, I haven't gone on a, a first date since 2003. Since, so, you know, <laughs> I'm out of it. <laughs> We're not exactly children. <laughs> Plus, when you're a teenager, you're kind of limited. Oh, yeah. Because you always have to be home by certain times and you have to call every so often and yeah. there's places you just can't go there's things you can't do yet so yeah yep we're talking more about this date later when we're not recording <laughs> <laughs> yes ma'am <laughs> oh goodness he listens to the podcast so watch yourself okay. <laughs> all right real talk if you hurt her I will come to you. <laughs> Good pet talk. <laughs> yep. I am that I am that friend slash relative. Grandpa's not here to give the talk anymore, so listen, son. I have a gun. <laughs> That's so funny. You know what gets oh me with that God. though? Like mm -hmm. when you got married, you know. Mm -hmm. Your ex got the talk when my sister got married. Her husband got the talk. I got married. Nothing. I, I, I think he really trusted Nathan. 
And that's what's so funny. I think he just really just full on trusted him. Part of me is I don't know whether to be like like insult- why? Yeah, I don't know whether to be insulted that I just I I never had the talk given, or he just trusted my judgment enough that he thought, oh, okay, she knows what she's doing. It's fine. I'm thinking that that's likely what it was. He sounds crazy like, in my eyes. Um, he said, if anything happens to her, she'll be fine. She's she's gonna take care of it. <laughs> And I think she's safe. I think she's gonna be good. <laughs> she's yeah. got her hand up. <laughs> I'm just gonna see it as he knew I had my head on straight. So, see, I didn't even know he had that talk with with my ex until like six months into the marriage, and we finally went on our like little honeymoon cruise, and he started talking about it with some like some friends that we met on there. And I looked at him. I said, "You're lying. That never happened." Like, I was super confused. I thought he was, like, straight up making up a story. And he's like, it happened. I'm like, you're joking. Like, he's like, no. He literally pulled me aside when you weren't looking and said, you can run faster than me, but you can't run faster than my, than my bullet. Got it? And I was like, <laughs> I never, that was the funniest. I laughed like that for, like, a good hour. Like, I was like, I cannot believe he actually said those words. That's, That's great. Amazing. That's great. I, I was like, does he own a gun? Like, I don't know. He never talked like that, so I wouldn't expect it. But, I mean, I mean, he's prior military, so probably. But yeah. I was just like. He was awesome. That's great. Although half of his stories, I'm, I'm pretty sure, are bullshit. But, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, he, he did things like um, when my mom was younger. She said it took her a really long time to figure out what his real age was because he, he always said he was 22 and a quarter every year. So she didn't actually know his age until she said one day he was like around the corner talking to, I don't know if it was like an insurance adjuster or somebody like trying to sell something. And she said she was hiding around the corner listening and he had to give his birthday. And my mom's like, from that day forward, I never forgot. She's like, I knew I wasn't going to get the correct answer out of him if I asked. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> oh, this made me laugh. I was like, yeah, that sounds like him. It's like he used to tell me that he had a metal plate in his head. And every time he went to the airport, the, the security scan would go off. <laughs> so when do you go in an airport? Like, <laughs> couldn't go through the x-ray machine without it going crazy. Like, yeah. He doesn't have a He also plate. told a story about when he was in the military. Didn't he t- talk about stealing a helicopter or something like that? Yeah, he was a cook. <laughs> um, from what I've learned, though, there was more to it. Oh, really? A lot more to it. Like, it's actually weird to go off of this. But yes, it's actually weird. And I don't know, like, how much you believe in, like, with afterlife and everything like that. But... Mm. I like to think of it as he was like having a visit with me um, one time and because how do I get this information through my dreams without actually like having someone explain it. Yeah. But he had like walked me through like all of a sudden I was in this, um, this is is crazy. I was all of a sudden in this old school, like old war hospital where there were like injuries. And grandma was, for some reason, just explaining things to me. Like, I don't know why she was walking me through it. But she was like, okay, you know, the beds that are made, they're ready for new patients. 
the beds that are empty and stripped and pushed up against the wall, somebody had passed away. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm walking through it. And it's like definitely like older time. And all of a sudden I saw like this guy in one of the beds, like sitting up reading a book. God, he looks really familiar. And he looked up at me. And it was grandpa at the age that he was when he was in the war. Hmm. And I was like really confused. And then he nodded at me. And then the next thing I knew I was in a plane. And he was sitting there. He was doing like the lookout like where he was um, pinpointing like giving direct like um, like telling where things are and keeping a lookout. And then the side of the plane was hit. And shrapnel came through and the plane went down. And then I woke up the next morning like, that's really weird. Like, wasn't he a cook? And I called mom. And she was like, this is so weird because we just got done talking with Kathy. And Kathy had said that he had been shot. And he really? had a shrapnel in his stomach. And I was like, okay. So I was being told the whole situation. <laughs> you guys are getting a play-by-play. Got it. So it was like a whole, yeah. From what we... um. From what I understand, your mom's tried to look into it and she hasn't gotten any actual, like, information. Yeah. But I don't know how much they would have information from that far ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like, if it was something, like, especially with it being an actual war, how much they were willing to document. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because apparently grandma didn't even know about that. Like, when Kathy told her, she was like, and they were dating at the time, like, he did. Huh. But I was like, oh, so that was an interesting dream. So I, I think there was more to it. Like, yeah, he, I mean, he was a cook. He, he was a baker in his life and he did all kinds of things. But I think there was more to it that wasn't really explained because he had a lot of, um, for from my understanding, he had a lot of PTSD issues and flashbacks. Yeah. And why would just a cook have that problem? Yeah. <laughs> it makes you like go, okay, that doesn't add up. So. Huh. Yeah. It's interesting. I had to like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to sound really weird, but I could swear after Liam was born, he came to visit. Mm -hmm. It was nighttime. I was trying to get him to go to sleep. So I was rocking him in his rocking chair in his bedroom. All the lights were off. And all of a sudden it just felt like somebody was in there with me. And it didn't feel scary or anything. And it kind of felt like him, which was mm. weird because he'd been gone for a while by then. I think it was like three years. And all of a sudden I just went, uh, like looking around. Oh, hi, Grandpa. <laughs> just checking in. I think I, I, I believe it. He was always very proud of you and Sarah. So I believe it. Sorry, I don't mean to make you emotional. Think, a, little, a little emotional. Because yeah, I didn't he, get to he, see him much, so. No, he loved his grandkids. And I could tell he was very proud of you guys. He, he, you know, didn't really have to worry about you guys, you know. He knew that you guys were always going to be well taken care of. And you were smart and you were going places. And so he was always very proud of you guys. It was uh, <laughs> between, like, not seeing him much. And then he was not a man that liked to talk on the phone. It was the same thing every time. It would be, how's the weather? How's school going? Okay, I'll give you back to your grandma. And then that was the end of the phone calls every time. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, and that's exactly me. And that's exactly me. I hate phone calls. Oh, my gosh. That makes sense. I totally forgot that he was, like, on the phone. 
you're not wrong. Yep. I ask a 10 year old, how's the weather? Like, well, <laughs> well, I mean, I got to play outside. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. It's a trip. Uh, I don't know. Should we get back uh, on topic? <laughs> yeah. Let's. <laughs> let's see. With moms who are badass and doing amazing things. There was this one uh, that I came across in 2010. It's a little on the sad side, but uh, devastating tornadoes struck Mississippi. Um, when one of them came through her city, uh, this mother knew she had to protect her kids. So she placed a mattress over her three um, sons. They were all very small and planted herself on top of it to shield them um, as the house came down all around them. Uh, all three boys were able to make it through the storm because of her, um, even though she was not able to. But she made sure that those kids sure did make it through that storm, and that's pretty amazing to me. Yeah, that is amazing. Sad. <laughs> Sad? Yeah, but wow, man. Well, I went for more historical. Ooh. <laughs> Just wanted to talk about a few, uh, I guess, well-known women who did awesome things, but were also mothers and kind of how they navigated those two parts of their life. So yeah, the first I want to talk about Marie Curie, which I cannot pronounce what her maiden name does or, or what her maiden name was because it was something ridiculous. Uh, it's Polish. <laughs> Skoldowska? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, oh. I, I don't know. Sorry to anybody with that last name. <laughs> yeah, I cannot pronounce that. It is not phonetically spelled. They, I mean, for some reason, Curie is, <laughs> has little pronunciation things, but not her maiden name, which I think is kind of rude. <laughs> uh, but she was born November 7th, 1867. She was Polish and a ugh, can't talk naturalized French physicist and chemist, and she's well known for her research on radioactivity. The kind of the part I found interesting with her, with you know all the work that she did with her husband, she's the first woman to win a Nobel Prize. I have my stuff from Wikipedia, <laughs> so it's not completely organized. Okay, so she's the first woman to win a Nobel Prize and the first person and only woman to win the Nobel Prize twice and then the only person to win the Nobel Prize in two scientific fields. Oh, wow. So, and that was amazing, especially at that time because she had wanted to, I think it was teach or she'd wanted to further her education, but because of sexism, they said, nah. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. Then she decided to um, further her studies. So her husband died in an accident in 1906. So then she was left to raise her two young daughters alone. And one of those daughters, Irene Jolet Curie, went on to win um, or went on to co-win the Nobel Prize in Chemistry with her husband uh, for oh, their wow. work on radioactivity. So I just thought that was very cool that all of her education and all of her studies and all the work she put in, and it seemed like they were very in love, <laughs> husband and wife, because 
at one point she decided, you know, she was going to go back. She was going to leave France and Pierre Curie was like, hey, I'll go with you. <laughs> like he could, he could have stayed, but he decided that he wanted to be with her, which as I was reading that, my romantic heart went, aww. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I still had a romantic heart. <laughs> and I'd be like, aww. <laughs> Let's see. I was not going through the historical sites, so I still just have like um quite a few ones that I found of where they did some crazy things. There was one where um this woman was uh was driving with uh her and her husband driving with her daughter in their hometown um in South Africa when they were uh interrupted an armed robbery at a gas station. Oh. Um the husband, a policeman, changed chased the men who were armed with handguns and an AK-47, while his wife and daughter were still in the car. When the men suddenly stopped and took aim at her, at the, at the daughter, the mother hurled herself in front of her child and took five bullets in the back. Wow. Uh, luckily, the whole family survived the incident because of the mom jumping in front of her daughter and wow. taking the bullets herself. What kind of dick you gotta be to be like, I'm gonna shoot this kid. Right. All right. Like, I don't know what their thought process was if they thought, oh, well, if I shoot the kid, it's going to distract him and we'll be able to get away from the officer. But, I mean, the mom was like, not on my watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like. Oh. I know. I, just, I want to say, fuck them real hard up the ass. That's how I right. feel about them. Right. With a metal pole. Fuck off times a million. That's how I feel right. about those kind of people. Oh, 100%. Well, I only really looked into three people. So okay. this is going to be very short for me. But my next um, one was Abigail Adams, who was the wife of John Adams and the mother of John Quincy Adams. Sometimes said to have been uh, a founder of the United States because... You know, she was working with her husband through everything. This wasn't just a, the men are doing it and the women aren't involved at all. You know, obviously. Right. She was the first second lady and the second first lady of the United States. She was born November 22nd, 1744. And interestingly, her and Barbara Bush are the only two women to be married to yes president and then mother of another. So... Oh, wow. Throughout our whole history, there's only been two. So she didn't have any kind of formal schooling. She was frequently sick as a child. So later, she would say that she was deprived of an education because females were rarely given that opportunity. So even though she didn't get a formal education, she was taught by her mother to read, write, and cipher, this says, which is very interesting um mm. and they had large libraries in their homes so her father her uncle grandfather they all had large libraries where they could her and her sisters could study english and french literature let me see she gave birth to six children in 12 years you know and at the time there were some stillborns some children mm. got sick and she was responsible for the family in the farm while her husband was taking his, you know, 
trips to start the country and do his, uh, you know, manly duties, whatever you want to call those. Yeah, what they called those back then. Yeah, there is a lot of correspondence through their marriage, so the letters back and forth, um, and it really seemed like John respected Abigail's knowledge and her opinion about everything. So, you know, romantic heart, once again, the husband actually listened. (laughs) What a miracle. (laughs) Something I appreciated about Abigail Adams was uh, she was for women's rights. She was an advocate of married women's property rights, um, getting more opportunities for women, especially in education. And then she believed women should not submit submit to laws not made in their interest. So, you know. Wow, yeah. That was what she cool. said. Louder <laughs> for and, those in back. Yeah. And she also did not believe in slavery. And a letter written by her March 31st, 1776, explained that she doubted most of the Virginians had such passion for liberty as they claim they did, since they deprived the fellow creatures of freedom, which that was old language. Right. <laughs> Decipher that one. But like wait a second. <laughs> Dial that one back. Yeah, so Philadelphia seventeen ninety one, um, a free black youth came to her house asking to be taught how to write. So she put the boy in a local school even though some neighbors had objections. But she responded that he was a free man as much as any of the young men, and merely because his face is black, is he to be denied instruction? How is he to be qualified to procure livelihood? I have not thought it any disgrace to myself to take him into my parlor and teach him both to read and write. So. Wow. She was... That's pretty amazing. Definitely... Ahead of her time. Very Um, much so. Yep. She died in 1818, but during her life, she single-handedly ran the farm, took care of the children, wrote letters supporting equal rights for women in the abolition. I can't can't say the word. (laughs) It's early (laughs) in the morning. I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Abolition of slavery. Educated the five kids. Um, that survived into childhood. Like I said, she had six, and then the one was stillborn, including future president John Quincy Adams. So that was basically her, <laughs> because the dad wasn't around. So uh, Quincy Adams wrote, My mother was an angel upon earth. She was a minister of blessing to all human beings within her sphere of action. Her heart was the abode of heavenly purity. She was the real personification of female virtue piety of charity of ever active and never intermitting benevolence wow it's pretty amazing yeah and i have one more as well um in 2009 this woman and her three-year-old daughter were enjoying a hike on a trail near their home located about 40 miles north of vancouver canada when a cougar pounced on the three-year-old her uh the mother wedged herself yeah Wedged herself between the animal and her child and hurled it off. Um, she then picked up her daughter and ran to a nearby house. The little girl only suffered some cuts to her head and arm. And according to her father, she'd wondered why the kitty didn't play nice. Oh. 
<laughs> it's kind of adorable. Like, well, honey, it's not exactly the normal type of kitty you're used to. Imagine the kitty's so angry. Yeah. <laughs> So my last one, um, I want to talk about Katherine Johnson, which I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Hidden Figures. I haven't yet. It's excellent, though obviously the movie, that's not 100% what happened, but (laughs) (laughs) you at least get a a better idea of what it was like for women and especially black women during that time. She was a mathematician. Um, whose calculations of orbital mechanics as a NASA employee were critical to the excess of the first and subsequent U.S. crewed space flights. So she was at NASA for 33 years. Oh, wow. And she was able to master complex manual calculations that was essentially ahead of when computers were used to perform those. So she was handpicked to be one of the three black students to integrate West Virginia's graduate schools. When, when did her husband die? (laughs) Nothing is in order. I was not prepared. (laughs) It's all good. Okay, so 1939, she married her first husband, James Goble, and at that time left her teaching job and enrolled in a graduate math program. She quit one year later after becoming pregnant to focus on family. Like I talked about, she was the first African-American woman to attend graduate school at West Virginia University in Morgantown, West Virginia. And then after, okay, so she had three daughters with her husband, James Goble. And then after he died of a brain tumor in 1956, um, three years later, she married James Johnson, United States Army officer and veteran of the Korean War. They were married for 60 years before he died in 2019 at the age of 93. I think one of the the great things about her is the fact that her involvement in NASA was a big step for women in general in the science field. And the work that those women did at the time was... I can't can't even... Yeah, I can't even put into words what that did, not only for science, but for women, um, right. their involvement and the fact that they were doing that before computers is just insane. Like, I can't even picture that now. Right. It really is difficult to even think about that. Yeah. And there's, there's a part in the movie where John Glenn is getting ready to go into space and the computers did the calculations and so there was a little bit of a what's the word yeah my brain's not firing at all cylinders this morning i'm sorry (laughs) so there were there were some doubts about the computer calculations so as part of pre-flight glenn asked the engineers to get the girl to run the numbers so he basically had Katherine Johnson double check the computer numbers to make sure it was accurate before he would agree to go. Wow. So I think that John Glenn is saying, uh, before mm. I go into space, I trust you. 
<laughs> to check these calculations to make sure essentially I'm, I'm not going to die and everything's going to go well. Right. So when asked to give her greatest comp- contribution to space exploration, Johnson talked about the calculations that helped sync Project Apollo's lunar module with the Lunar Orbiting Command and Service Module. Uh, she worked on the Space Shuttle and the Earth Resources Technology Satellite, uh, authored or co-authored 26 research reports. She retired in 1986 after 33 years, and she said, I love going to work every single day. In 2015, at the age of 97, President Barack Obama awarded her with the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is... America's highest civilian honor. Uh, and then when she died, February 24th, 2020, wow, just, just yeah, last just... year, NASA Administrator James Bridenstine, Bridenstine said, Our NASA family is sad to learn the news that Katherine Johnson passed away this morning at 101 years old. She was an American hero, and her pioneering legacy will never be forgotten. Wow. What an amazing, cool woman. Right. Yeah. See, so yeah. Crazy. Think about it. At the time, pushing yourself to be in that field is incredible. Yeah, and I mean, you get you, it's hard to think about too because it's hard a lot of times for people to take women seriously, um, especially that back then, um, and for her to go through all that, be like the best in her field, and still get a man. To sit there and be like, okay, I need you to tell me if I'm going to be okay. Like, that was like, that's quite mm-hmm. something. And it must have been really, like, rewarding. Like, I'd have gone home that night and been like, yeah, what up? <laughs> <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I did, they had me do the calculations so they could go to space. <laughs> that's incredible. And that's only three examples of historical women that have, you know, there's so many more. Right. Women's suffrage, anti-slavery, women's rights. Sacagawea. (laughs) Like that was, that was a whole other one too. Wow. She did a lot. Sojourner Truth. There's so many. And just think of these, you know, when you're a mother or just a woman in general, there's expectations and then you add motherhood on top of it and then you've got a ton more. So at the time even of those examples when it would be expected that a woman's place is you know stay quiet take care of the home take care of the kids just to step out of that (laughs) step out of that role just doing that alone is quite amazing to say i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up i'm gonna do what i want to do or i'm gonna do what i think is right i'm gonna do what my passion is while also being a mother it's extraordinary right it's quite amazing so good job I mean, moms and you, you look back yeah and you look back at it too because i mean back then you're still dealing with issues of segregation and just all different kinds of things that were going on and you look at you know women of color who are having to deal with that while simultaneously being a mom and stepping outside of the normal role. It's just kind of like, I don't know how you did it. It's just quite something. Yeah, and if you think about it, 
women didn't get the right to vote till 1920. So last year was 100 right. years since they've had the right to vote. And Native American women didn't have the right to vote until 1924. So. Mm. Even longer than that for um, black female, like, Americans. It's just so crazy. Come a long way, yet not all at once. <laughs> well, we had a short one today. Yeah. I think we're both kind of like out of there. I am super out <laughs> of it. I, I gotta get ready and pack. I've, I graduate tomorrow. Wow. Yay! So I got my, I have my goofy looking gown ready to go. Goofy. <laughs> What? I'm sure it's not it goofy. goofy. They get weirder the further your degree gets. So you start out, you know, your bachelor's degree is kind of normal, and then your master's degree, mine has weird long sleeves, and then there's this hood thing, and then once you get into a doctorate level, you'd have the poofy sleeves and the weird hat. So I don't know. <laughs> but, oh, you've spent a lot of time and money to further your degree. Let's just make you look goofier as you progress. <laughs> Give me a special dress. Like, I have a doctorate. I look like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man now. Like, what? <laughs> Why does it get poofier? <laughs> oh. All I remember from my graduation from my high school was that I had made my dress that went underneath my gown. I made that in home ec. I was not all talented. I in home ec, my teacher told me to stop <laughs> using the sewing machine. Oh, no. <laughs> we were all supposed to make oh, no. locker caddies. And I just, every time I'd even touch the sewing machine, it would all bind and start knotting up. And so she eventually just goes, you don't have to make one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. See, when... um. When my mom was working and, and in school and all that stuff all the time, uh, she would just, she would bring me to grandma and grandpa. And so grandma would be cleaning houses. So she's like, all right, you're just coming with me. And she'd make me clean houses with her. And I remember um, this one woman, gosh, they had a lot of money and they had like this big land. The amount of rooms that this woman had in her house was astonishing. And she had a sewing room, which was like, they had like these big tables, you know, they could lay out your fabric on. And I was just always so impressed by it. And I remember um, times that she was there and she could like see me like look in while I was like walking past her. And, like, again, so she like called me in and she actually taught me to how to hand sew quilts nice. while grandma cleaned <laughs> Because grandma would be like, all right, go ahead and wipe this. And then she'd see me there. And, and he's like, oh, I got her. <laughs> so I'd just be sitting there hand stitching quilts. Yeah, I can hand sew pretty well. <laughs> I cannot use a sewing machine. Yeah, I'm not good with a sewing machine. No, I, I feel you. My dress wasn't the best thing in the entire world. But it wasn't bad. Like, I made a, a white halter dress um, that went... Just above the knees for under my gown. Wasn't yeah, bad. I remember that dress. I thought you did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> I've also never sewn any kind of clothing before. So, you know, props to you for 
that skill. Well, we well, we had two in the home back, and I was like, well, I might as well just kill two birds with mm -hmm. one stone. And instead of buying a dress for under my gown, I'll just make it since I have to make it out. That's true. <laughs> I was just like, while we're here, let's make it useful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta do it anyway. Right. That's exactly it. Oh, then I have my tiara. Put this on. Here we go. Oh, she fancy lady. I'm not sure where she got it from, but yeah, my sister showed up the other day, brought me egg cartons because we've got the chickens and she had a pile since I, I give them all away because we have too many. Right. So people just give me their empty egg cartons and then I fill them up and pass them out again. Uh, then she also gave me, <laughs> she goes, here, I got, here's your Mother's Day present. <laughs> Opened up the box and it's a tiara. <laughs> You're the queen. And I said, I want to do the Big Bang Theory thing. Because it's a tiara. Put it on me. Put it on me. Put it on me. <laughs> put, it, put, it, put it on me. Put it on me. Yeah. And I said, I'm a pretty princess. I like it. It's really pretty. Yeah. So, so then Liam says to me when I put it on, he goes, Mom, I said, that's queen mom to you. <laughs> you will pay your respects to your queen mother. Yes. She will call me my queen while I have this on. Excuse me, my queen. May I, may, may I watch TV, my queen? Treat me with respect, which is more than usual. <laughs> right. And if you can, do it with a British accent, please. I'm See, actually going, mother. Mother. Queen mother. Mother, may I please have some fruit snacks? Instead, I'm. I was gonna say instead, I'm the I'm the snack bitch. Is what it's my usual one. The snack yeah. queen. The snack bitch queen. <laughs> yeah, Joey always knows when, like, when he's like getting in trouble, what to do. Because yesterday, he comes running up to me. And he's like, "Mama, I'm so glad to see you." So I'm so glad to see you too. He's like, "You're my best friend." You're my best friend. I love you so much. And I'm like, <laughs> I love you so much. And I'm sitting there like with like a couple of tears. My mom's laughing. She's like, and now mom's crying. I'm like, just leave me alone. Like he knows how to get me. I'm not even upset anymore. Just give me hugs. We'll snuggle. I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, Liam will do the same thing. He'll well, he'll do the thing where he'll just be going, Mom, mom, mom. Mom, and then finally I go, What? And he goes, I love you. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> and then he makes me feel bad for snapping after he said mom 15 times. <laughs> oh, they know, they always know how to get to you. Little jerks. <laughs> push those buttons and then push the, the love button right after it. So you can't be mad for yeah, too long. Yeah, exactly. Little stinkers. Very much so. <laughs> Mom. I'll go, you're so pretty. I'll say, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, every time I put on makeup, Joey like stares at me. Like gets big eyes. And then he'll come near me and he'll just like pat my face. I'm like, can we not? Can we not mess up what mom just took an hour to do? To be, I mean, to be honest, you do a really good job with makeup. <laughs> Thank you. I really don't feel like it. I got one eye look. If I try anything colorful, 
I look like one of those like two year olds that got into mom's like markers. It's just oh scary. So I'm like maybe one day I'll learn, <laughs> but I just I got one eye look. No, I can't do my and makeup at all. It's usually five to ten minutes. Slap on some uh, tinted moisturizer, powder to make my face not run, and then uh, mascara, chapstick. <laughs> I've got way I've got way too much at this point. Like I have like the whole um, foundation, concealer, powder, like highlighter, like. Um, what is it? Um, I'm blanking. Like, I have the bronzer, but then I also have the, uh, the contouring, contour, yeah, contouring, blush, mascara, eye palettes. It's like, I, I was wrong when I said one, because I, I, I just thought about it. I got two eye looks, basically, like, a, a very lightly smoked out eye, and then just one color. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. And that's what we're working with. And people are like, oh, I love it. And I'm like, thank you, because that's all I know. <laughs> like, I don't know anything other than this. Don't ask me to, because it's not going to come yeah. out nice. Well, you see people in person. I yeah. see people over a computer screen. And you can't really tell too much anyway when it's on a computer. So I no. don't really bother putting on anything unless I know maybe it's with a higher up person that I need to not look like a cave troll where I'll actually do something with myself. I just noticed that people are a lot nicer to me when I wear makeup. Hmm. So it's, yeah. Maybe it's because they think you Society look confident weird. and put together. I don't know. Nah, I don't. Guys are a lot nicer. Where it's like, if, if I'm not wearing makeup, it's like, usually they pay me no mind. They're just like, oh, whatever. But when I am wearing makeup, then it's like, Hey, you single? No. Bye. Like, <laughs> this is basically like the conversation. Um, <laughs> like, no, sorry, sure not. Um, my bad. You have a nice night. Yeah. <laughs> but when you know, it's just it's something. Women are always rude, regardless. <laughs> it seems like my regulars, though, my regulars will be nice to me when whether I have makeup on or not, because those guys know what I look like with the makeup too. So they're like, if I'm not wearing makeup, they're still like, Hey, cause they're like, I remember how you looked yesterday. Cause I'm in here every day. <laughs> I'm like, no, cool down, go home. <laughs> Walk away. So do you have any plans for mother's day? You're just hanging out at home. No, no, I work that night but um yeah that night i was so mad oh I hate my boss. like i'm i don't i don't think any of the other girls there have kids and if any of them do it's like one but he knows i'm the mother so he makes sure that i work on mother's day dick he's a dick <laughs> <laughs> he hates me but will not admit it so he does things just to make me mad, just to see if I'll, like, quit or say something. And I'm like, all right, count your days, sir. Count your days. Because the day I do quit, HR is going to get a long report. A, a strongly worded letter. So you could do the uh, 
half-baked thing when you walk out the door. Oh, you know, gosh. Oh, you, yes. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. You're cool. Fuck you. That's exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Which my last job. I kind of wanted to do that a little bit. Because all the micromanaging. But <laughs> I was happy just to get out of there. Well, actually, I even stayed past when I needed to just so the position wasn't vacant and my people still got paid because I was manager mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I can work Saturdays so I'll just come in do everybody's time do necessary paperwork and then I'm out again and you can still ask me questions right. which kind of worked out because they were still having to pay me for the time obviously so once they finally got right. somebody though I think it was two months after I left they finally got somebody oh, else. Shit. And then when I left, wow. my employees were like, we miss you. <laughs> so I miss you guys, we, but I don't miss, miss anybody above me, really. So, <laughs> Right. That is funny because, like, the general manager is the one that hates me. But my, like, direct manager, the guy right above me, he he's nice to me. <laughs> like, he... He has no problem with me. He's even told me I'm like one of the best employees that they have in the store. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's like the, the company knows you're like one of the best that we have here. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I'll just smile and wave. I know. Yep. Your drawer is always great. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I mean. I don't steal and I know how to count. Yeah. Yay. Yay me. <laughs> From what you talk about, it's, you know, other people not showing up when they're supposed to or screen up. or Yeah. And now we have, like, he keeps hiring these new people and the new people keep, like, quitting. Just scary. I don't know. Yeah. Like, man, if I could, I would. <laughs> oh, random. Completely off topic here. But <laughs> I have to tell you, I'm excited because... Uh, Nathan got me a bow for Christmas. So um, finally, we haven't been able to find arrows around here. There's a shortage for some reason. Uh, so I finally just ordered some online and they should get here next week so I can start using it. Which means nice. I have to start at least working out my arms so I can pull the string back. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, I was going to say, I, I, for a minute there, I thought you wanted me to go look in the area since I'm in a military town. I'm like, I'm sure I could find arrows for you if you need me to go look. I am going to be like, Merida. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm here for it. You have the tiara. I do. Just put on a dress. Put the tiara on. <laughs> go with my and go compound bow. bow and, and the arrow. thing is, I don't want to kill anything with it. I just want to shoot targets. And and just imagine if someone ever broke into your house and they get met with you with a bow and arrow. Here's the thing. I am preparing for the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm doing. I need some some silent ammunition so I can shoot zombies without gunshots going off. Yeah. (laughs) You have a point. You have a point. I'm just being prepared. That's all this is. Like, that's all this is. It's nothing more. I'm shooting at targets and preparing for zombies. <laughs> I mean, it might not work if they're the fast kind. Sure. I may be able to station off the on the roof 
and then shoot down at them if any show up. Oh, um, I want to tell you too. Yesterday for Cinco de Mayo, while I was at the store getting what few things I needed from Walmart, I came across these and I thought of you and I thought you would get a kick out of them. They had, oh, they had taco cakes. Oh my gosh, those are adorable. Like cakes actual shape like giant tacos. <laughs> and I laughed for a good five minutes. I love minutes. the one with the mustache. And I was like... Yes, I was like, my cousin would appreciate this. I do appreciate that. Very much. And I was sitting there just cracking up. Like, that is amazing. <laughs> Taco cake. The, the brown that's supposed to be like um, ground beef looks questionable because it's frosting. But I just go, okay, it's just a decoration. Yeah. I'm going to look past that. <laughs> uh, yeah, cake decorated like a taco. I wonder if you could do... I've made taco pie before, where it's taco fillings in, in pie form. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if I could do an actual taco cake. <laughs> <laughs> See, what I really want to do is walking tacos. I haven't had them in forever, and now I like really want to make one. I never had them until after Nathan and I got together, and we went to a homecoming game for his old high school. And he goes, I'm going to get walking taco. I said, what is that? <laughs> so You're like, all tacos are walking tacos if you walk while you right? eat them. <laughs> like, what, what is this? So their version, I'm not sure it's the same of what you've had. It's, you know, the ba- the snack size bag of Fritos with the taco mm-hmm. filling on top of them. Yeah. I thought, well, this is, this is great. It's mixed together. I can eat with a fork. Or... You can just give me an actual taco. A taco. <laughs> You're like, I just want a taco, guys. Because I can I'm eat the for. actual taco with much. my hands. A walking taco requires utensils. Right. It it seems much less messy just to eat an actual taco, but I do I do enjoy the walking tacos though. But you're right. Yes, it's like a bag of Fritos, a little a smaller bag of Fritos, um, and then you put in like the taco meat, the cheese. Lettuce, whatever, you know, you want in there. Mix it up and just... So all it is is just a taco salad in a bag. Yeah. But walking taco sounds better than a taco salad. Bagged bagged taco salad, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. It's a more interesting name, I guess. Yeah. But for some reason, that sounds so good right now. And I'm like... Yes, but make it with Doritos instead. Ooh. Now you're talking. Because the Doritos Locos Tacos from Taco Bell, those are good. But you have to eat them instantly, (laughs) and as soon as you bite in, the entire shell just breaks apart. Yes. Yes. That's why I haven't had one in a while. (laughs) You're not wrong. What are the ones where it's the hard shell taco wrapped in a soft shell? The Gordita Crunch? Do that with the Dorito shell. That's actually how I make tacos when I make them at home. I'll, I, I, sometimes I get the kits and sometimes I don't, I'll get, um, like the hard shell tacos, the soft shell tacos, the kits will come with cheese sauce. So you can put the soft shell down, you put cheese sauce on it, then you wrap it around the hard shell and then you fill it and you make it like you normally would. Um, or sometimes if I don't get like the full like kits, I'll just put like actual shredded cheese on it, stick it in the microwave, just like at least melt the cheese onto the soft shell. And then wrap it around a hard shell. And it'll like and that's how I make my tacos at home. I don't make regular. I make the crunches at home. 
Yeah, I can't be trusted with hard shell tacos. I just eat all because <laughs> Nathan likes the soft shell, so he'll buy the the pack where you get soft shell and the hard shell tacos. I will demolish mm-hmm. the entire sleeve of hard shell tacos. Yep, yep I always do the, the doubles. And one thing that I noticed in the South is like nobody knows what a wet burrito is. Really? Everybody's like, you mean an enchilada? And I'm like, you're triggering me. No, they're different. They're very different. They're not the same thing. And everybody laughs. I'm like, they're different. They are different. They're very, they're, they're not even the same thing. How can you not know what a wet burrito is? No, I, so wrong. I found a real good wet burrito recipe that I used to make a lot and then I just stopped making them. Yeah. See, like my mom, I'll have to make my mom's and mine differently. Like she likes to put for the, for the wet topping, she'll do like um, like mild sauce and then the cheese and melt it and everything. Me, I can't do that much spicy. So I do tomato sauce and then the cheese. So it's like I have to get one of each. So that's like basically, you know, the difference. I'll put like the cheese and the mild sauce and the lettuce or whatever. So, I'm just thinking about tacos and I'm so hungry. <laughs> I'm thinking about tacos too now, but we're going to be leaving tonight and we're going camping. <laughs> right? No, I mean... Walking tacos. There you go. It's a perfect... Well, for us, it's more glamping than camping since it's yeah. a, a big camper. Liam has his own bedroom. We have a bedroom. It's the full kitchen. It's my kind of camping. Yeah. Just saying. It came with a TV and a fireplace. So... Yes. I like you guys' camper. It is pretty nice. <laughs> Not gonna oh, lie. I th- you know what? The one you stayed in, I think we got a new one since. Yeah, we got a different one since then. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, wow. She upgraded we even. We did upgrade it. We didn't even mean to. We had, we were going camping about four hours away. And on the way there, something went wrong with uh, the hitch part. So we had to go get it fixed. We go to this camper place we found out there. They're welding on something to fix it. And while we're there, we're just like, oh, let's look at some other campers and see what's here. And I saw this one and it was so nice. (laughs) And somehow we went from let's get the camper fixed to we're going to buy this new camper. Oh, okay. Um, I I think the part. Let's just get this. I think the part that got me was the the bunk room, the nice living room area, and the fact that the kitchen has an island that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. It's spacious, which is really great for when we're camping around here and it rains like it does half the time. So, yeah. All right. I just texted you the recipe. What burritos are it? It makes me sad that nobody knows in the South what they're called. It drives me nuts. Everybody's like, oh, those are just enchiladas. No. Like, you're triggering okay, me. <laughs> a beef and bean burrito. Set that down. Dump mm-hmm. some enchilada sauce on it. Put cheese on top. Melt that. Top that with lettuce tomato whatever <laughs> that's essentially right. a burrito to make a big burrito and smother yes. it that's drown it it's very different than sauce. just drown it in sauce and cover it with cheese yeah. <laughs> like, drown yeah <laughs> like you're committing some kind of murder to the burrito first you're gonna drown it and then you smother it i i mean i mean a really drown yeah. it like not a single dry spot <laughs> Oh, goodness. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> yes, Happy Mother's Day. Now. I'll probably text it to you again on Sunday, but I'll tell it to you in person now. Oh, absolutely. Happy Mother's Day. 
Yes, everybody's. It's going to be a very laid back Mother's Day, I'm sure. Mine will probably be very hectic because we're coming back from camping. So that means Um, unloading everything and then the annoyed, (laughs) all the work I have to do when I get back (laughs) before I go to work the next morning. So (laughs) I might make, just because it depends on what I want, but I'm pretty sure I'll probably end up making like cheesy chicken and rice. Cause it's like my favorite meal that I make. But now I'm like thinking maybe I want one of burritos. <laughs> maybe that's what I want for Mother's Day. And what about it? <laughs> they are tasty. I will say that. Now I'm just like thinking of them and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going to have them soon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know what we'll be doing. Because we'll be getting back probably afternoon, early evening, which means with everything we got to do to unpack, probably not going to want to make dinner. <laughs> That's why I was thinking at first that I was going to make cheesy chicken rice because all you do is you stick it in a crock pot, yeah. basically. It's so good. What else is good is enchilada casserole. There's some good... That sounds yeah, delicious. There's some good recipes on all recipes Oof. for that. And you do it in the crock pot. And they're... Ooh. It's a white sauce. It's not a red sauce enchilada. Mm-hmm. Sounds I'll amazing. I'll that one, too. Yes, please. <laughs> I wonder if somebody took the recipe down because I don't see it anymore. Mm. There's a Dorito casserole. Italian enchiladas. How dare you? <laughs> that's like not even no no why what why would you do that the disrespect. why would you do that to italian food and why would you do that to mexican food either like it's just you're disrespecting both like how dare yeah. you that's an insult to both cultures if you right. i mean really if you're like i want italian enchiladas just make a lasagna right <laughs> just, just make lasagna make lasagna roll-ups oh. don't insult yeah. italian stuff by using a tortilla just don't do it yeah it doesn't make sense at all i'm gonna have to get going and figure out what i'm going to do today all right well i hope you have a great mother's day have a good weekend thank you too yes enjoy your time camping and we'll talk again soon Uh, i will i'm gonna just relax and read books all weekend that's my plan there you go hang out sounds like a great plan campground there's a ice cream store right nearby so there you go (laughs) after my own heart ice cream and reading and just doing nothing sounds like a plan to me i would say i'm gonna work on my tan but most likely it's either gonna be raining or i'm gonna fry (laughs) we'll see how this goes like i'll either be lobster or what i'm gonna remain pale or i turn into like the opposite version of Willy Wonka when she turns blue like a blueberry it's just red <laughs> a strawberry yeah. oh goodness that's funny all right well thank you everybody for listening and tuning in until next time bye bye thank you for listening to this week's episode music was provided by Kevin McLeod the intro was titled work and the outro was titled aerosol of my love and can be found at incomtech.filmmusic.io. 